Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to your Friday edition of the Rangers Rabble podcast. My name is Martin Douglas and tonight I am joined by Wilf Marshall, Scott Kennedy and Derek McMillan. Guys, hello, good evening, good morning, whatever time people are listening. It feels like good morning, matter of time we're waiting to start this. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> oh, Derek, mate, get over it. I can't, I can't. Right, um, we've got a few things on the agenda tonight. Um, the first thing I want to start with. Oh, the way that you've got an agenda. I, I have, aye. aye. People can't see it, but I'm holding them. Did that put a new haircut? <laughs> you said haircut and an agenda. Last night, yeah. I, get, I get slagged for my haircut on the live reaction last night, right? So don't you fucking start. Um, I, know you, I know you did. Have a, you know. <laughs> um, I want to start with the issues actually from last night uh, we were having with RTV. And the only reason I want to start with that is because I've got Scott Kennedy on tonight. He was going absolutely <laughs> mental last night. So, Scott, give us your opinion on um, what went wrong with RTV last night. Well, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it, some of these some of these decisions, uh, why change a system that was working midway through a season? It, pff, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was absolutely stupid. The, the lack of communication... Uh, about how it was going to... I ended up watching um, the game via a dodgy stream through to St. Johnston TV or whatever it was, um, just just to actually watch a bit of the football. But even these dodgy streams are jumpy and I was, I was getting very, very angry. It's just as well Rangers won because I would have been absolutely raging. I, would, oh, I marched up to Glasgow or wherever it is and kick someone in the balls um but d- actually disappointed me on a serious note um really disappointed because i've heard nothing from rangers i i expected to receive an email or something saying apologies for the for the trouble you had i appreciate they may not be, be able to identify who it was was that was having the trouble but at least some form of apology but as of yet heard absolutely diddly squat um understand that you know these teething problems can happen. I don't think anyone's unreasonable. But again, you've just got a question. 
what what's what's the idea behind messing with something that was working for me working brilliantly uh up until up until that point now maybe i've missed something but for me that's a big question hi wolf i know it's look we're all in a happy place right now the team's doing really well and um, we're not getting into the games so why like scott says take the risk of messing about with something especially technology when there's only what what is there now 15 16 games to go why not just wait till the end of the season I don't know. I don't know the timeline behind it. There was obviously a reason they did it now. I mean, I've got no complaints. Mine worked absolutely perfectly. As did mine, Even by up the here way. in Aberdeen with busy Wi-Fi. <laughs> you know, um, but I think I, I think that might have something to do with the fact I logged into mine really, really early. And it seemed to be if you if you logged in a fair bit before the game, it stuck with you. But if you if you logged in nearer the game, you just couldn't get on. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know the timelines behind why they did what they did. I understand they want to get everything as a, a one sign on for the Rangers TV and for the website and for everything else, which is which is fantastic that they've got a single login. But it does. I'd like to know the reason for doing it in the middle of the season, towards the end, the end of a season, because it wasn't. There was nothing wrong with what was happening, as far as I'm concerned. I know definitely. And I asked it last night on the live reaction, Derek. It's a bit of an on goal by Rangers. Yeah, mid-season upgrades, not the brightest thing to do, I don't think. Um, they communicated it well beforehand. Um, so everyone, I knew, everyone knew that they had to do it. Uh, mine's worked till I came out to slag someone that didn't work and then I lost the connection. Um, so that was my own fault for trying to, trying to rub it into someone. But it's not great. Um, it's not a massive deal. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking a wee email or even a wee tweet to apologise would be suffice. I don't know what the benefits it brought apart from the single sign-on. Like I've not seen like a, a a release list to say you know this is what's better. So maybe yeah, that was exactly. a reason. Maybe, maybe there was a major bug or something that they had to fix. I don't know, but um, yeah, mid-season enhancements really not. It wasn't needed for for me anyway. No, I agree. I agree, and I should have actually said it before we started. But the podcast is available in full on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean. Podcast addict, etc., etc. There is clips of the podcast available on YouTube, so head over to youtube.com forward slash the Rangers Rabble and subscribe and hit that wee notification bell thing. I don't know what that does, but it must send you a notification every time something happens. But on to the game last night, then, well, um, obviously, like I've said about four times now, we've done the live reaction, so we don't need to dive too much into it. But you um, tweeted something after the game that I had no idea was happening, and that was the fact that. That was Stephen Gerrard's 100th one as Rangers manager. Yeah, it was. It wasn't something I was aware of either until I saw a tweet about it after the game. I think it was Rangers that tweeted that out straight after the game. Um, on the face of it, what's that? 152 games, maybe 151 and 100 wins. That's that's more than decent. I mean, that's. I think I saw the breakdown last night, and it's 20, it's 20 defeats. And a lot of them were obviously in the first in the first season, and and some of them have been in Europe as well. So I mean, overall, he's doing a as we see it, we see every week he's doing a fantastic job. But I mean, to get to get to a hundred wins is it's it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I don't know how many of them have included clean cheats, but it must be quite a high percentage, I would think. Yeah, no. And if you'd done your homework, you would know that. No, I did. I did do my homework, but unfortunately, I've um, lost my. My pages that I was writing on, I've only got. Did, a t- a tiny did the dog bit of eat notes. it? 
Uh, well, I don't have a dog, but yes, the dog, the dog did indeed. Well, there's, there's, there's 21 of them this season, isn't there, Ralph? So that's at least 21, yeah, and that's not yeah. the only one. Yeah. So I'd, I don't know the numbers myself, but yeah, you're talking high average. It's, it's been superb. Um, can I can't speak highly enough of them. We've already waxed lyrical about them, but 100 wins out of 152 games, you take that every day of the week. Yeah, mm. see, there's Derek's the first guy to do what I asked you to do, and that's when I ask a question, somebody else jump in to elongate the conversation. I was, I, mean, I was just about to, but... No, you weren't. No, Derek's the only professional just... out of the two of you. But you see, it works a lot easier for you to just keep your mouth shut so we we'll have time to jump in. <laughs> I know, do you also know what true. I Thanks, Will. Also true. Also true. <laughs> Thanks, Will. I don't want to talk over anyone or interrupt because they might be mid-flow, so I've got to wait until they're finished. It's just a, it's just being a nice guy. That was it, I finished that. Oh, you finished? All right, okay. <laughs> But yeah, just just very um, quickly on your last night's game, Scott, although you never really got to see much of it. Um, look, in the grand scale of things, we're miles and miles ahead in the league. The league's pretty much done. But, I mean, any any win for Rangers is a big win, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's just just as well I was on the live reaction because I don't know what I'd have to say. <laughs> I think I think the only thing I missed was uh, probably the the so-called controversial challenge by Ruth, which I've still not actually seen back. Um, but I've said, I said from the start of the season that if we, I would take that performance, that game 38 times, you know, every day of the week, I think anyone would. Um, for me, I listened to Yanis Haji's uh, post-match interview and he hit the nail on the head. And it's something that I've been saying. It's like, he listens to me just as much as I listen to him. Um, We'd all love to win every single game 4-0, 5-0 and play the silky football, particularly that we were playing at the start of the season. I just think when it gets to December and January, and it's no coincidence that we've come unstuck in previous years, when the pitches get a bit heavy, the, the games come thick and fast and the, the, the style and the whole demographic of football in Scotland changes with the weather. So then you have to be able to adapt and grind out these uh, 1-0 wins, particularly if you're not able to get that early goal, which we've seen that we haven't done in the last few games because then the games get sticky uh, sticky uh, and more difficult and more combative, but we're still walking away with a 1-0 win. Um, the defence looks really, really solid. Uh, McGregor does what McGregor does and that is the uncanny ability to spend 89 minutes of the game doing nothing and then pull out a wonder save. And that, for me, is the mark of a top, top, top class goalkeeper. A goalkeeper that could play and fit in for uh, Manchester United or Real Madrid or something. I'm not saying that he's like world-class, he could, but he could fit in because he's got that mentality of doing nothing and then being able to pull out that top-class save. Lucky. We're, we're very lucky to have the makeup of the squad that we've got. Yeah, and I'm going to be asking a question pretty shortly about McGregor that I spoke to Wolf and Derek about off air. So um, it'll be interesting to see your your comments on it, but we'll leave that until after we've, we've finished with the game. Now, Derek, there was obviously the, a lot of talk about the challenge by Kmar Roof. Um, I had yeah. a bit to say on it last night after the game. And looking back, I absolutely, um, it, was a, it was a bad tackle. Not a lot of intent. It probably was a red card, but again, blown out of all sorts of proportion in the media, especially later on in the game, there was just a as bad, if not a worse challenge by a, a Mr. Kane. 
So it's hard to surprise and there's an uproar every time Rangers a Rangers player makes a tackle. He tried to control the ball. He miscontrolled the ball and he went over it and it was a red card for me. But he didn't mean it. There was no malice. That doesn't mean that it becomes a yellow because of that. But it was hardly this big furore uh, that was that they warranted after it. You've got journalists that are meant to be critically acclaimed saying that that put him, could put him out of the cup final when it wasn't even that tackle that injured him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just that sort of journal- journalism that we don't need in Scotland because... It's uh, the flames are stoked anyway. <laughs> they don't need them to they add to uh, add to it. I, I, talking about the game itself, Martin, and I was looking back, and it, you know, and it wasn't a classic, right? But see, when we won nine in a row, or even when we won the league the last time, who did we beat in the twenty seventh game? No idea. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> Do you know what I, mean? I was, I was you thinking just... you were going to come up no, with some but... big massive stat. So my point, my point is. Unless you're William Irwin and know every single game that he's ever been to, you're not going to know who, who wins the league come May in the 27th game. That game will be forgot about. It's a game that has to be won. Has to be won. But you get the same three points for beating St. Johnston 1-0 as you do Celtic. And that's the point I'm getting at. It's, uh, it's a hurdle we overcame. St. Johnston's the hardest fixture we've got out of the next five for me. So uh, up until the Celtic game anyway, you could argue that St. Johnson could be hard on Celtic the way they're playing, but you know it's it had to be overcame. It wasn't a classic. It won't be remembered in May, but who's going to care? Not me anyway. But Roofs was a, a sending off for me, but he tried to control the ball. He miscontrolled it. He caught the guy high. No need for the dramatics that come after it. Yeah, but going back, going back to the, the roof thing, you're right. At the time, I didn't think it was that bad. But as soon as I saw it again, I went, oh, he got away with mm-hmm. one, but he only got a yellow. Yeah. But I mean, I watched it on the, I saw the, managed to catch STV News tonight and they showed the incident and then they showed uh, Davidson sitting on the, sitting on the turf getting, getting treatment before he went off. And as I pointed out to my missus, look, like, Roof's challenge is on one leg and the treatment he's getting is on another leg because it's from, a, it's from a later tackle, the one that actually put him off the pat. Like you said, Derek, it wasn't Roof's challenge that injured him to the extent that he had to go off. It was his own tackle on Ryan Kent. That's it. He tried to actually you know, go in quite aggressively on Kent and cut you know, himself. You've, you've got the media trying to say that he went off as a result of the, the roof challenge, but when, but when you look at the footage, roof goes down on one leg, and then when he's sitting on the ground getting treatment, he's getting treatment on the other leg. That's just really, 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 really bad reporting. That's just, you know, I mean, the, the, they all just seem to have issues because we're still on, we're still on easy target. Which hopefully they'll turn around when, if and when we win this title it's just not needed Wilf there's enough no. <laughs> drama in Scottish football without uh, journalists trying to make a trying to make a name for herself doing that yeah. sort of editing it's, it's, it's terrible you know the only the only bit of solace for me next season will be it's going to kill them every time they need to refer to us as champions it's yeah. it's going to absolutely do their boxing I'm going to listen to radio sports I was that Scott? I I don't think they will because you know how they always say, "Oh, Celtic the champions." I, I genuinely don't think they'll give us that that privilege. I think we'll have to win another another few titles before they do. Do that. you know what? I hope they that, don't. I hope they don't. I hope they don't. I, that I would love that even more. The fact they can't I even know. see it. I mean, the, the other thing that's, <laughs> hilarious, that's hilarious for me is we're only we're only as far clear as we are because of the Masonic referees. <laughs> now, now these are the same referees that have been refereeing on the whole, apart from the guy last night's a new guy we've never had him before. But I mean, it's still it's still the same referees that we've had for the last five, six, seven, eight years. So they weren't really doing well when they were going to lodge meetings because Rangers weren't winning anything. Now there's no lodge meetings because of COVID. We're winning everything. So 
I don't get how that works. Yeah. I know. See, see, without getting into the whole religion debate and the Masons debate and all that, t- tell me if I'm wrong. And just one simple question, and then we'll move on. Did the Masons um, disregard you because of what religion you? No, can I tell you? No, they don't. No. It's as simple no, as that. I will. I will, so, I will tell them. No. No, they don't. No, they don't. So no. see all that Masonic stuff, man. That's just all fucking absolutely mental. But back to the game, Scott. Um, I've seen a few. I've seen a few people um, talk about. I think. I think. See the game. <laughs> uh, no, no. I'm not going to ask ca- you about ca- the game. <laughs> if I don't date, I'm watching. Um. So. So I. So back to the game. Uh, I've seen a few people talk about. You know, they're a wee bit disheartened at the kind of performances lately. Haven't been quite up to standard. At this point of the season, and actually, and I mentioned this last night as well, coming into the European games, does the fact that we're maybe, and I don't even agree, I think we are performing quite well, but does the fact that some fans see the performances as not being up to standard matter? Uh, no, no, I don't. I think the winning mentality counts for more. I think the, I mean, if you watch us play, we've always had the intricate, nice passages of play. Um as I said, and you can't win every game four or five nil. You can't start strongly, but Europe actually gives us a different platform, and it gives us it will probably ref- refresh us in how we play and how we approach games. And I think we actually need that. And if you compare earlier the season when we had the Thursday to Sunday uh, run around, it actually I think it actually benefited us. So going into that, I think we'll see uh, a freshness about the players when we do eventually face Antwerp. Uh, the tactics will obviously change because we're now playing against uh, more unknown quantities. Um, and I think it will start bringing the best out of us again. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be playing against a team that at least want to play against us. You know, they will, I mean, I can't see Antwerp in a knockout European game in either of the two games coming. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just go and park two buses up here and see, see how you get on. Because that's what we've been that's what we've been struggling to do. We haven't been playing badly, but we're struggling to break to break through two like two lines of five or a line of six and a line of four or whatever we ever be setting up. European teams aren't going to do that. So there's no it's going to be Scott says it's going to be refreshing to actually be, have a different type of football simply because of the way they'll set up. Absolutely. Because they've, they've only got one chance, they've only got one chance at it. They, they need to go for the same as we do. Uh, I've heard they're quite a physical team as well. So I think I think where they get success in Belgium by being physical, I think Belgium is more of a technical league than Scotland. Um, they won't have the same joy against Belgian teams, i.e., bullying them, as they would if they tried that game on us, uh, because obviously we're we're used to it. But also, you know, we we can play football, uh, and and as you say, I don't envisage them, particularly the first leg. The first leg's in Antwerp, isn't it? Uh, envisage them at home with. The two banks of five. They can't. They can't do that. They've got. They've essentially the, the first leg is their one shot to really go to Ibrox with a lead. And then if they do, which I don't think they will, then then they'll play the two banks of five. But we can break down. We've shown we can break down. See, I think I think they'll go the other way. I think they'll watch Standard Liège at Ibrox. And I think they'll have a good go at us. They almost Standard Liège played probably played the highest of the teams we've played. Uh, previously this season they were right up the pitch they were right as in the first half they caused us all sorts of problems so I think Antwerp might look at that and go you know what I'll have a wee go and I hope they do because seeing the second half of that Liège game we worked it out and we absolutely dominated that 45 minutes I don't the league Antwerp and Liège I don't see much between uh, looking at the results and, and, and the players that they've got um, 
I fancy us to win both legs. Now, I don't know if that's just because I'm, I'm so confident and not really looking at the opposition, but I just think our European style of football just suits, you know, it really suits. We keep the ball, we drag people out of positions, we play out from the keeper every time, and teams actually, you know, they come out, so they allow us to do that, and it just leaves space in behind, and I just think we're all wrong for these European teams, and I can see us going deep into the comp- competition. Again, maybe I'm just high on life at the moment, but that's how I'm feeling about Rangers. Could play MD, and I would fancy us. Right, so just finally then, Scott, and I have to bring this to you because it's your golden boy, the man in the moment, Yanis Hadji, fantastic goal and look he's had a there's been a few people come out and you know not overly happy with his performances he's in and out of games but you know he's right up there in terms of assists and that little bit of magic that we needed last night there's not many guys who could score a goal like that outside the box in that Rangers team no no absolutely not I mean there are certain people that wanted him hooked at half time shall remain nameless Derek not a robot, Scott. I can be wrong sometimes, you know. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, Derek. Derek tweeted as well. What what he does do uh, is, yeah, okay, he's not going to be blood and thunder, but the way the way he plays, he's not. He's never going to be a player to dictate the game. He's never going to be how Dick uh, Davis or Jack plays, or you know, he is on the pitch to provide that moment of magic and I think people get frustrated because he gives the ball away or he seemed to give the ball away quite a lot because he's always looking to play that dangerous pass he's always trying to do the daring thing that perhaps other players in the team won't do it's almost like he's impatient but at the same time recognizes I think he's a really intelligent guy and I think he's always playing the percentages in his head he knows when it, something is likely to come off and he's got the talent to, to back it up as well. So it might not always come off, but if you notice if it does come off, bearing in mind that a match lasts 90 minutes, then that's an opportunity to score. If it doesn't come off, we've still got more time to try it again. Uh, you do need these players and it, it frustrates it frustrates me a lot because I reckon... If, if there was a full Ibrox and let's say we weren't squishing the league and there was an Yanis Hadji, you can imagine the groans when he picks up the ball and he tries these passes. But I don't think it would deter him, but you can sense uh, a frustration. It shouldn't be because as, as Derek says about himself, he's not a robot and neither is Yanis Hadji. You've just got to appreciate these people for what they are and what they can bring, the, bring to the team. Um. And, you know, I would have him in my starting 11 all day. You know, I, I just think he's he's a very, very unique footballer and we're lucky to have him. I think the only problem, the only thing that stacks against Haji is the fact that we've got Aribo, Kent, Morelos, so many different forward-thinking players. Um, and they're all really very, very, very good. So... Yeah, it's fantastic to have the com- competition for places. So, Derek, tell me what your thinking was last night at halftime when you messaged saying, if it's not all at halftime, had you off? Well, I clearly wasn't thinking uh, <laughs> by, the, by the outcome of the game. My thoughts was where was um, get Itton on and, and play two up front, you know, play two, follow through the middle. I thought it was all very samey-samey and... So Johnson were coping with it quite well. What I tweeted today to kind of recover my horrible uh, opinion last night was 
Hadji's a big player that is providing big moments in our team. You know, he's 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 he came up when we needed him last night. A great goal, like so single-minded. He's cutting in, he's having a shot, and I, I love that about him. You know, he's young, he's got a swagger. There's not many players that can do that in, in our team. Um, he's only young. He's going to get more consistent as we go. We've got a great player on a potential great player on our hands. I just think. He was a bit slow last night in the first half, moving the ball, and that's why I wanted it to run for a bit more pace and power. But I was horribly wrong, and I'm, I'm the first one to admit that. I've got a question. I've got a question about the goal last night, right, Derek? You're involved in football to a degree, so you might be able to answer this, right? I'll try. Right, terrific, terrific goal. Has you brought it in? Fantastic finish, right? But I noticed on live score that Ryan Jack got an assist for that. <laughs> I, I, I was seeing that. How far myself. back did he go for an assist? I, and I seen that uh, someone on Instagram it was actually Xander Clark's bro- brother had a go at like as I go nice assist Jacko or something. And Ryan Jack yeah. uh, uh, messed him back saying uh, on a plate, and I thought that was <laughs> quite funny because uh, yeah, if you touch the ball before the other guy gets it, you get the assist. It's crazy, eh? Uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, I'm sure Ryan Jack will take it and go up the road, but he'll be quite happy. I'm sure. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was crazy. You know what I mean? uh, it was funny how it's he said it's on a plate. Because <laughs> when I were but a lad and assist wasn't really a thing, it was just you gave the ball to the guy that scored the goal. You know what I mean? So, Aye, that's it. And now you get like now, you, know I mean? now you get secondary assists and all that, don't you? It's crazy. Oh shit! Well, that's, nice. that's a nice, that's a nice hockey thing. That and that you get secondary assists. I wouldn't know I scored all the goals, so I don't even notice who passed any. Um, well, the one thing I did notice last <laughs> night, well, um, Cedric Itton came on. Um, Fuelers. I touches. noticed that as well. Funnily enough, did you notice that as well? Did you? <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, yeah, you got me there. Fair enough, yeah. Mark's on the ball, um, right, isn't he? He's on the ball. On oh, the ball. yeah, that's my notes. But the, sorry, what I will say is when Cedric didn't come on, I noticed that, um, you know, a few heavy touches wasn't, you know, his usual sparkling self when he came on. Is that now just a fact that we need to start giving him more minutes and more of a run in the team? I was, I was actually surprised he didn't start yesterday. Um, I was expecting him to come in through the middle. Uh, and I fully expect him to start at Hamilton on on Sunday, but we'll get to that, I'm sure, um, just because of the surface. But I noticed last night the ball was, bu- was kind of bouncing off quite a lot of them. It wasn't sticking to anybody. I mean, early on in the game, every time the ball went to roof, it just it just bounced off him. You know, with one of those second touches, a tackle jobs most most of the night for quite a lot of the players. You've got to look at the, the conditions as well. I mean, the, the ball's yeah. skipping up off that pitch, and, and it, be, it was really windy, and it's just. It was just one of the, one of those difficult conditions to play football in, but we got we got away with it. So I don't think it was any worse than anybody else last night, uh, control wise. To be honest, nah, he worked hard, didn't he? Put a shift in. I think that's what he came on to do, kind of cause a bit of um, another threat up front, carry the ball a little bit, keep it, hold it in at throw ins, that sort of thing. Um, but I, he was he was he didn't have the usual good touch of uh, what he usually has. But no, he came on and contributed. He's not going to score goals every game, isn't he not? So he's come yeah. on and contributed. I would actually, we'll get to the Hamilton game, as, as Wolf said, but I think he definitely needs a couple of games. I think Roof started, because for, for me, he's more important in Europe when Europe comes yeah. round. So it's yeah. important to get two or three games into Roof's legs before before the Antwerp games. I think Roof's a stick on to start behind, behind Morelos in the European games. Yeah, I think there's, there definitely is an element of uh, rustiness Particularly about the forward, well, roof and roof and in, but well, I, I wouldn't attribute it to to minutes because they're, they're all footballers and they all play football every day. I just think it's just one of those things. So as as Will says, it's just the whole the whole. 
the whole team looked as if it wasn't, you know, really happening. So don't read too much into it. I'll probably blame the pitch. I'm just going to blame the pitch because <laughs> that's 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 the easiest thing to do. That's the reason why we collapsed last year and and, and the year before because we yeah. couldn't play in winter months, but now we can. So roll on. <laughs> right, talking about collapses and stuff, um, Derek. This year, obviously, we've Rangers. I mean, I don't, I can't explain the upturning for them, how good we've been. Um, the league's in the bag. Um, that's another one last night. We're still undefeated. Oh, well, don't you start shaking your head. The league's in the bag, man. Um, well, you can wait to get negative in a minute, right? Aye, I know. Six, six more wins. Let, 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 let us have our fun, right? We've won the league. The league's over. Let's party. Woohoo. Right. Well, um, well the way the way Celtic are playing, I don't even think we need six more wins. I think we, we could. We could probably draw the next six games and win the league. I I agree, but I don't want to put my fucking head on a chopping block in case it goes to attack all the way along. Oh, well, listen, I'll put my head in that chopping block all day long. But Derek, um, the question I've got for you is... You can see that by your barlet. <laughs> That's just harsh. That is just harsh. Right, I will get to this question, right? Because we will have to end this podcast <laughs> at some point, right? Yeah. Um is it important that we go? Not important, but is it would it, be, would it be good for the club to go undefeated this season, or does that not matter? Is it just a case of winning the league? So, if you'd asked me before Christmas, I would not care a jot if we lost five games as long as we won the league. But now we're eleven games in. I really fancy it. You know, I want to get to that end of the season and be undefeated. I was also talking on Twitter to someone today about this. Walter Smith would do it to about February, March, and then they would win the league in April, and then they would just inexplicably lose three games. You know, and because it, it's hard to keep going. But what the good thing is, is we've hopefully over Smith's team, we do have Europe. So it needs to keep everyone on their toes. So now we're 11 games away. I'd actually now be disappointed if we didn't. Now, maybe that's dead greedy, right? And maybe I'm just maybe aiming for the stars here, but it's only 11 games. We'll be 27 undefeated, so why not? It doesn't, it would be very, very nice. It would be very nice, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Winning the league is important. If they get the Scottish Cup back on to go, one and that is important. Yeah. And going as far as Europe is important. Yeah. So, I mean, if we had to, if we had to sacrifice a game for a, a European quarter final, say, or a European semi final, I don't think I don't think any one of us would complain. No. You know, if the, if the league's done and we've got an important European game coming up and we put the fucking under tens out, nobody's going to complain about no. that. Oh, well, they probably still win. <laughs> I won't, I, won't worry, I won't worry too much because the uh, SPFL probably allows to move a couple of fixtures this time around, but less said about that. Uh, to, to, to be honest, I, I think the one thing I dread, right, is the going, going the, the whole season unbeaten and then having some like cheesy slogan like the, the, they did, like, oh, the Invincibles or whatever. Um, and then having watched or seeing this like back and forth unfold on Twitter, oh, we did the Invincibles better than you. And it's like, well, actually, we're the only club in the world that's gone for a league season 100% record. So we've already done it. <laughs> mm. I mean, but you see, this, this whole Invincible thing, this whole Invincible thing of theirs, I don't like talking about them, right? But this really gets on my tits, right? <laughs> yeah, well, this Invincible out. season that they had, right? Right, it's the same season that, that Barcelona took seven off them, right? So how the how can they be in, invincible if they lost one game seven nothing? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's that defies logic. It would be like us saying we go through the league season unbeaten, we're invincibles, but we're not because we lost the league cup game. Yeah, 
Let them have their memories, Wolf, because no, come me, that's that, all they'll have. Let no. them have their memories. Right, okay, let's move on to our wee memories topic. Not... <laughs> let's <laughs> move on, let's move on, let's move on. Um, a question that, oh, do you know what, maybe uh, maybe six months ago, even as fact, aye, about six months ago, my, I would have had my answer, boom, the, the other guy doesn't even come anywhere close to this guy. Wolf and Derek, I spoke to you about this before we started. Straw, <laughs> I'll come to you first. Um, is there a debate now to be had? And I, I think, listen, these are for fun. You know, these aren't really that serious because you can never tell. Um, is there now a debate to be had about McGregor versus Gorham? Uh, I think there'll always be a debate. Always be a debate, whether it's like Maradona versus Messi or Pele or whatever. It's just different times. But what I would say is, now... McGregor's my favourite goalkeeper, but I'm not, not going to say he's better than Gorham because I distinct remember Andy Gorham being one of the best goalkeepers in the world at the time. Not just Scotland, not just... He was one of the best. He was up there with Peter Schmeichel. He was that good. So, uh, in service to Rangers, I suppose there's a different argument. I think, am I right in saying that McGregor's probably been uh, been a Rangers player for longer than Gorham? Uh, played more games I mean Gorham also had his injuries but then Gorham was prior to this season also in one of my favourite Rangers teams that 92-93 so if there's always going to be the argument I mean I would say who was a better goalkeeper Gorham who was my favourite McGregor so that's that's probably how I would put it yeah not a bad way to put it Wolf it's not even a question. <laughs> the goalie's called the goalie for a reason. Andy that's because he played in goals. Absolutely all day long. Yeah, but <laughs> he's the goalie as opposed to a goalie. Their goalie. Andy Gorham all day long for me. <clears throat> Andy Go- no, no. Andy Gorham's better than their goalie. <laughs> I would say McGregor's overtaking. I would say McGregor's overtaking close in my in my hierarchy of Rangers goalkeepers now. I mean, I would have had McGregor behind close up until maybe 18 months ago, maybe even a year ago. But he would certainly be the, the second best Rangers goalkeeper I've ever seen behind Cammy Bell. Okay. <laughs> Here's a question no, for and, Andy, Go- Andy Gorham all day long. It's not even, a, I told you earlier, it's not even a question. Wolf, would uh, would Andy Gorham just be as good with the defenders that McGregor's got in front of him, or was Andy Gorham so good because he'd golf in the likes in front of him? That's that's a different question. I know that's why I'm that's asking. Totally <laughs> hold, hold, like, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I? Oranges and bananas. Right, as good as defenders. Right, as good as the defenders that these guys were during nine in a row. Have don't you, you actually watched better than golf? Golf, don't no, you see it? No, 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 no. Oh, come on, baby. No. <laughs> but have you have you actually watched some of these games back? Because our defending was atrocious. They were all over the place. If if it wasn't for the fact that they were so individually good, we would have been as bad as them. Honestly, the other thing about the night of the road team, gentlemen, one at a time. The other thing about the night of the road team to sort of answer your question, right? At least back then, the opposition at least had a go at us. They yeah, tried true. to score goals. Back, no, just now, generally speaking, most of them don't try to score goals. But yeah. back it's then, probably a combination of that, actually, yeah. Back then, they, they, all, they all at least came and had a go. 
Yeah. You know, I mean that '92, '93 season that that uh, that Scott that Scott Mason Gorham was was probably the best goalie in the world. He was just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Right, particularly when it got to the group stages of that Champions League campaign. I mean, yeah. some of the some of, you watched the Battle of Britain back. You watched some of the saves. It was it was incredible. But then in the group stages, he he got us through Marseille, Bruges, the CSK, Moscow, even. But yeah, just incredible, just absolutely incredible. But you're, you're mentioning different, there, different era, though. Of course, different era. That's why I said, look, this is never a serious debate. This is just about fun. But you're saying there, Wolf, about you know, Gorham was always the busier goalkeeper, if you like. But does that not just go to show how good McGregor is then, because he always makes that save that needs to be made? He, he always makes a save. His concentration is for I mean, as. As you say, it's different, it's different times of goalkeepers, different eras. But, I mean, McGregor's concentration levels are fantastic. They're absolutely... I mean, he spends nine, he spends 89 minutes counting polis and then he pulls off a great save. You know? I mean, that's... You, you can't put a price on that. Mm. But there was games where Gorham had nothing to do and he still pulled off a great a great save when he was needed. So, it's... I, I don't think it's a question. But, then I'm an old... Aye, you're the, I won't, I won't you're, you're a, an old so and so. Aye, all, the, all, the oldies, so all the oldies would say Gorham anyway. I mean, don't get me wrong, I would say Gorham as well, but like I say, just a bit of fun. It wasn't you just weren't meant to start shouting at each other, you know, because if, if one person <laughs> talks and the other person talks, people can't hear you. You know, it's like politics. No, you still don't ask me. Can we bring a client in the equation? Derek, no, Derek, what's your thoughts? <laughs> uh, I think it's a debate. I, I, I don't think it's cool. I think you can talk about McGregor now after what he's done this season in the last 18 months, but for me, it's Gorham just for the pure amazing saves that used to pull off. You've been waiting for the ball to hit the net, and then next minute it's round the post. Van Hoydonk's at Ibrooks, the, the main one, but not just that. Um, when people were hitting shots from uh, even in the box, you always thought he had a chance of saving it. You know, he, he how and he disheartened the teams he used to play against, and for the fact that everybody else hated him as well. I mean, I was at the game he got attacked at Easter Road when I was just a young kid as well. It was uh, he, he, he was just he just he was just superb, and obviously it's a nostalgia thing, isn't it? He's nine and keeper, and he had no knees, uh, and he still got rolled out and still made big saves and big moments. So for me, Andy Gorham, but McGregor, that's not any disgrace to McGregor. I'd put him second best in my time, the same as Wolf is saying, uh, and Stephen Kloss after him. See, so, see, if McGregor didn't get injured uh, towards the end of 2008, I reckon we would have got closer to winning the league. I mean, I just think he's that good. I'm the for Cup final. I think if McGregor's in goal, he saves... He saves uh, Saves both of them. I wouldn't know. I've not watched that back since I was at the game, so I've not even seen the game back, to be honest. No, neither have I. Uh -uh. I've never watched that UEFA Cup final. I was at was in Manchester, but I've never ever watched it back. No. Um, but yeah, I was I was uh, I was I was in a pub in Lark Hall years ago with Andy Gorham playing pool, and I was <clears throat> it was one of those surreal moments. You walk into a pub and at the back there's Andy Gorham playing pool. So I went up and had a few games and I rattled him, right? I absolutely annihilated him. And then we played for money. And I pff, he just he just killed me. But moving oh, on. Rope -dope, uh, oh yes, let's let's I've, move on. I've had the pleasure, I've had the pleasure of Mr. Gorham's company on numerous occasions, and he's 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 definitely a character, he's definitely oh, yes. a personality. 
Yeah, absolutely. Right, okay, let's move on because I, I genuinely didn't expect the podcast to go this long. Um, I was going to go through some of the transfers in, but we've kind of already covered it, and there's been plenty of um, media attention out there on who we've signed. So, so well, really, just this question then: Is it good to see now that um, since Gerard's come in and all the transfer windows that he's had now that we're seeing less and less people brought in? Yeah, because I mean, it's, it's taken him. I mean, he said he, would, he said it would take two or three years to build what he needed to build. He brought in players to cover positions just because he needed positions covered. But he's now more or less getting his own people, um, and there's, there's certainly some succession, succession planning. Well, that's easy for me to say. Very. Um, where between between Mister Gerard and Ross Wilson, because I mean, we've, we've brought in Jack Simpson. Uh, as another, so effectively we're going to have six centre halves in the in the summer when they all come back from loan and injury and things like that. And he's on record this week as saying he's not going to have six of them at the club. So they're already thinking about shipping a couple of the centre halves out for whatever reason. So they're looking at the future. Whereas when he came in, we'd been we'd been used to Rangers signing three hundred players a summer on one year contracts, and then mm-hmm. next summer signing another three hundred players mm-hmm. on one year contracts, and there was no continuity. I mean, there's some of the players that we had that we probably don't even remember because they came in, didn't play, took a lot of money off us and left again. Yep. Mm-hmm. At least there's, you know, there, there's some there's some thought and some planning in this. They, they are working the way transfers are supposed to work and they're looking at least a year, maybe 18 months ahead. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a great job. But I mean, let's not get away from the fact that, that Ross Wilson's doing a, doing a tremendous job. It's not just down to Stephen Gerrard. You know, because I mean, Ross Wilson's the second director of football that he's had, and it's certainly working a lot better now than it did, did under Mark Allen. Yeah, there seems yeah, to be a, there just, seems to be a lot more harmony, Derek, between I mean, just from the outside between um, Stephen Gerrard and Ross Wilson. I think there was I think there was a couple of signings that Mark Allen made that uh, Gerrard was annoyed with. If I'm being honest, um, probably Jordan Jones being being one of them. But anyway, Ross Wilson was uh, a top of his game in Southampton. It was a great coup for the, the coup for the cup, club to get him. He's shown his worth, you know, the fact that, you know, he's got players out this window that, you know, that, that they're maybe going to be hanging about the squad is just as much a, a, a positive as the players he's brought in for me, uh, like Zabarka and, and Jones and Edmondson, who weren't going to play, uh, are now out on loan, uh, getting minutes well, that means come back to Rangers and having a career or for themselves, but it also means we've got a leaner squad, so that people have got a pathway to the, to start, and that was kind of Ross Wilson's remit. Ross Wilson's remit when he came in, but squad was bloated with not uh, probably quality over uh, quantity over quality. Sorry, but Gerard and Wilson have got this that Will's talking about. They've got a three-year, four-year plan. Uh, they've already. Well, they're about to win the league and they're already thinking about, you know, next year, the year after that. I'd imagine they've got lists upon lists of targets, whether we make the Champions League or not as well. We're almost ran like a proper football club just now. You know, and, and six, seven years ago, you would never have thought that in a million years. It's it's absolutely superb. And somebody joked in the, the group chat, you know, why don't we just get five signings in for Newcastle, you know, in the, the last day? And where we've came from then is just unbelievable. And it's, it's came from the top, you know, from... King and then uh, now Douglas Park and it just goes right through the club. It's and onto the pitch. It's great to see. I think you you're a bit modest there. I think we're we're run better than most football clubs now. Yeah, and I, I think it's 
quite quite a testament to how quickly we've moved and identified or recognized identified areas of weaknesses and then strengthen them above and beyond the, the norm um i you know it's you hear about new signings and the first thing it's almost on purpose and i don't think it's a lie they always say we've known about this guy for 12 months 18 months we've been watching them um, so there's always been that clear plan as soon as Ross Wilson's through the door. He's obviously identifying players that are available on the cheap, you know, through pre-contract or, or whatever, a certain period in advance. And it's almost like, okay, we've got this list. We're going to keep our fingers crossed that they're still going to be available in this point and then we can pick it up there. Um, not only that, you've touched on it with, I think Derby County is a great move for Edmondson. And it's a great move for Rangers, not necessarily for his development to come back and come into the team. But if he does really well at Derby at that level, other clubs are going to come in for him. And I think this is this isn't every single signing that we make isn't necessarily going to be for Rangers is to almost have like an academy kind of feel. We bring players in, we develop them, we loan them out you know, maybe to Scottish clubs, maybe to English clubs. We have them impressed because Chelsea have done this really well for very a good few years and then they sell them on and it's an income generator. And I think that is part of the strategy yeah, and part point. of the plan. Yeah. Um, in, in terms of like this, the six centre-backs we're, we're going to have, I mean, I've not, I'm not seen Jack Simpson, so I don't know how good he actually is. But let's say he turns around to be a quality player. What a wonderful position we're in. We've got Balogun, who's... 31, we've got Helander, who's what, 27, 28, Golden, Goldson of a similar age. Um, and they're all peaking and declining at different times and they can all come in and then they can all do a job and it's all a strategy of thinking that's three or four years. Um, super exciting time to be at the club. The, the, my only concern at the moment is the typical football manager kind of frantic style is why isn't Glenn Kamara on a 10-year contract or Goldson <laughs> on a 10-year contract or something? That's that's probably the only criticism, but I don't know how a football club works. I don't know how these negotiations work. I don't even know if the players are actually thinking, oh, my contract is, contract is running down. But you've also got to think that if we're identifying players 18 months ahead of time, that other clubs are looking at our players and thinking, right, they might become available. So, We'd be extremely naive not to not to think that another club on with the shoe on the other foot isn't thinking the same way. Yeah, once the league's titles, sorry, Alfonso, go. Sorry, Derek. The, the thing that's really positive for me on that same sort of subject is the way we've been run. The, the the powers that be have been very very honest with the support and saying, look, it's not been the way Rangers have operated in the past, but the way football is now, we're signing these players for as good a deal as we can get, and we're going, to, we're going to develop them, and we are going to sell players on. You know, every summer, somebody's going to go for big money, and it's going to be a big player, and that's the way it has to be. And the supporters are going to accept that, because they've been honest and said, look, in the summer, somebody's going to leave, whether it's Goldson, whether it's Tav, you know, whether it's Morelis, whether it's whoever, whoever it is, at least one of them's going to go, and that's the way we sustain the football club, and that's the way we are going forward. And they've been honest about that. And it's a model range I've never used before. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, to me, the fact they've come out and told us that's what's happening, nobody can then put their hands up and go, fuck's sake, what was that him for? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's a win-win for us all. You know, if, if a, a Glenn Kamara comes to Rangers and, 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 and bosses it like he has been doing and goes for big money, then Rangers are, are going to be successful off the back of that. And then when Glenn Kamara goes, you've got the next guy coming in, you know, off the yeah. wall might be that guy, you know, you don't know. So we're already... 
thinking about these people even before they actually leave. And what I love about Itton as well, Itton's almost learning his trade at Rangers while we've got the two strike that Morel are still here. Mm-hmm. So you're getting a year together, you know, a year almost to bed into the club. It's it, it's forward planning that we've never had in my lifetime anyway. We've never had this. It's always been reactive and it's always been um, without one eye in the future. It's always, what do we need now? That's how we've always worked and it's brought success. Of course it has. But now it's time to, like uh, like you were saying, we need further revenue streams. Scotland, you don't get the money you, you get TV-wise. There's not as much exposure here. So if we can sell two players every 18 months or whatever it may be and make a profit of 10, 15, 20 million, then it's got to be done. And as, as I say, as I said earlier on, if they're successful, we get success as well from it. So if they become a better player, we get more trophies, we get more money and everybody's happy. And the world's a very happy, shiny place, isn't it? Um, well, f- just quickly then, because, I mean, I know I told you to interact more, but, I mean, this is just getting ridiculous. You know what I mean? Um, we're running. We're You're running never out happy, are you? No, I'm never happy. You know what time is? We're running. We're really <laughs> running out of time. Um, I just supposed to keep talking until Derek's phone battery runs out. <laughs> uh, um, so just very, 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 very quickly then, Scott kind of touched on it there, Will. Um, Edmondson and Barker, firstly coming to Edmondson, I think a lot of I don't think there's any Rangers fans out there are surprised that he left on loan. Really, is there after all the COVID antics and stuff like that? But do you think there is any way back for him into this Rangers team? Difficult to say. I think there's more chance of him coming back than Jordan Jones, and it depends greatly how he gets on at Derby. But I think, given the the fact we've signed Jack Simpson and we've got Nico Catch coming back from injury, and if we take on the if we take on Balogun's um, option, that'll probably that'll probably be the, be the teller. I don't, I don't think he'll come back. If he does well at Derby, I can see him signing for somebody in England and staying down there. Uh, but the teller one for me, I think, will be if we if we if we take Balogun's option, then then I think Edmondson will be finished at Rangers. So I'll, I'll come to you, Derek, about Brandon Barker. Um... Listen, I don't think in the grand scale of things it's that much of a surprise, but more so a surprise that he left than say, oh, than say uh, Greg Stewart, for example, because Gerard did use Barker a lot. So you're right, Barker played in some big games. He came on against Celtic at New Year, I'm sure, uh, if I remember correctly. So yeah, I was I was not shocked to see him go out on loan, um, but I was shocked as you say that others stayed before him. Now it's all about who wants him. They might not nobody wanted to take Greg Stewart on loan, and somebody might have wanted to take Brandon Barker. So it's all about that as well. But what I would say is um, it was great business to get these guys minutes, you know. And and again, I've mentioned it in previous podcasts the levels are getting lifted now, and uh, unfortunately, Brandon Barker, Greg Stewart, Jordan Jones, George Edmondson for me are. Uh, are not at the level that we need it anymore. And that's not to say that they're not good players. It just means that we'll be playing Champions League football uh, in seven or eight months' time. Uh, so less than that, sorry. And we need better. And for me, that is Holanda, and that is Golson, and that could be Balogun. Uh, and and that's where we're at now. So these guys have, have done a job. They serve their purpose. I wish them all the best. But you know, we need better now. I think I think the Brandon Barker thing is simply a case of he wanted to go out and play regular football. Yeah. From what I hear. He actually approached Bob and said, look, I want to be playing every week if I can. And here, so. I mean, he's always injured. He's injured. It's like every every, every, well, every 10 minutes he comes on the pitch and he's hobbling off with an injury. I mean, I, I really feel for the lad. He's obviously got uh, some issues and it's probably something to do with his legs and his pace. Um, 
but I really think we gave him quite a few opportunities to actually come on and and do his stuff. How well, fun to the Hamilton game. Uh... The one thing that will be noticeable for any Aki's fans who have tuned into the podcast is that they're definitely going to have a new commentator. Indeed, yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, the last one was Joby anyway. So. Uh, it, was, it was crap, <laughs> wasn't it? Um, so, in all seriousness, Wilf, what do we expect from Sunday? Because the more and more that we win, and obviously they say winning becomes a habit, but is there any chance you see complacency in this Rangers team? No, not at all. Especially not with Europe round the corner. I think if it was a case of we didn't have we didn't have Europe and we were only what where we are six six uh, six wins away from the title, I'd be, I'd be worried that the you know that that age old problem of trying to get it over the line that loads of teams seem to suffer from might might creep in. But because we've still got Europe to fight for, I can't see any way complacency will, complacency will creep in because we're still in Europe by the time we, we hopefully tie the league up. Yeah, big, yeah, big, big changes for this one, Derek. Uh, Squad wise, I don't think big changes. I think a few. Uh, I think we're we've got a great record at Hamilton, so we can go into the game confident. And um, people speak about the pitch, but I don't think we've actually lost there now. since Gerard's been there. I think we've won every game, but I think we'll freshen it up a little bit. I can see Davis getting that magical rest that he will keep talking about him getting. Um, I can see Etten starting also. Um, maybe instead of Roof on that pitch maybe um, yeah. just to keep Roof a bit um, more in cotton wool for as, as we spoke about earlier for the European game but as I said Will's spang on about it about the, the European I think that'll keep us on our toes you know there's people that are going to come in and they've got a chance to get in the squad um, so they, they want to impress and they want to win that game in Antwerp in a, in a couple of weeks time two weeks tonight is it Will? Yeah two weeks tonight sorry Mark yeah two weeks tonight yeah. so there's only three or four games to get in that team so I can see three or four changes maybe Davis coming out uh, as I said Roof and maybe Balogun coming in at the back um, and one more which I can't seem to think of, pull, I think, pull out I, now, think Jack, I think Jack will miss out for the same reason as Roof because of that pitch because Jack's, yeah, so. Jack's knees dodgy and that pitch is never good for knees they say so yeah, it's, yeah. I think it's, Jack it's, it's amazing we can talk about drop, uh, not dropping but resting these players so close to winning a league title it just shows you how good our squad has been this year yeah, yeah. I also think the next couple of games are a real opportunity to actually get some flow. Uh, we're playing against Hamilton and Kilmarnock, who, let's be honest, they've been struggling and every time I've seen them, they've been absolutely terrible. So it actually gives us a real opportunity to, you know, put put them to the, put them to the proverbial sword and uh, give them, get some flow to our game and uh, you know, all the people that moan that we're not winning games five or six nil every week. It's a real opportunity to actually, you know, go back and not say, not necessarily shut them up, but actually give them that performance that they want. It's a, it's a real opportunity to do that. So that's that's pretty much what I'm expecting, along with, as you guys have said, uh, resting a couple of players on, on that pitch. And, and you know what, Wolf, the... I've got a lot of respect for, I mean, it doesn't really matter who I respect in football terms because I'm just a, a fat ex-bus driver, but um, I've got a lot of respect for Brian Rice in terms of the way that he's, you know, he sets up his teams and a lot of respect for Hamilton with regards to how they bring through young players as well. So going to Hamilton on Sunday, it's one of those ones, if this was a Dundee United or a Ross County or a Motherwell, you're expecting 11 players behind the ball. 
Um, but the, the good thing about going to play a team like Hamilton is you can expect him to at least attempt to attack. Yeah, I mean, that's that's that seems to be the philosophy that Chipper's got. That's Brian Rice to you. I, I understand. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, he's, I think he's one of these managers that says, well, if we're playing a bigger team of Rangers or Celtic, maybe an Aberdeen, Hibs, whatever, if we sit in, everybody back behind the ball, we're probably going to lose. But if we go for it, we might win one out of ten. So rather than losing ten out of ten, sitting back and it's boring, really boring to watch, he goes for it and he'll get in. Look, last March he got he got his result because he came to Ibrox and beat us. Mm-hmm. You know, so he seems to have the philosophy that if we go for it, we're not going to lose every time. Whereas if we sit in, we tend to lose every time. So he just gives it a go, which is very refreshing. And I think he also looks at it and goes, well, our season's not their season's not defined on games against us. Because the first thing they do when they see when they see the fixture list is go right, no points, no points, no points. You know, they'll be looking to pick up points against Kilmarnock and Motherwolves and St Mirren's and Celtic and all the other cannon fodder. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally, totally agree with Wolf there. I think that Hamilton have got, uh, obviously, the bottom six coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, and I think that their focus will be on that, try and win the five games round about them. They'll, this will be a free hit for them on Sunday. You might see them actually changing some players in and out uh, so they can have them fresh for the next the next fixture, but they tend to do sometimes. They got beat 8-0 the last time we played them, though, so they might they might have a rethink. But Brian Rice will ha- hopefully have a go and it will really suit us and we can get the job done early. I just don't think, yeah. Scott, that Brian Rice is that type of manager. To I don't think it's in his philosophy to sit, sit deep below block of whatever the hell it is you want to call it. Be that defensive. Uh, perhaps, perhaps not, but I think he's tactically versatile that he could employ that should he choose to do so. Um, it's quite interesting that I don't think I've ever heard anyone speak a bad word about Brian Rice. I think he's a, a genuinely good good footballing guy and I'm actually slightly amazed he's been at, actually been at Hamilton for so long considering the job he's done. Um, he never really seems to be talked about when other jobs appear. Uh, maybe he's just put his cards on the table and he said, look, I'm not going to leave Hamilton unless they don't want me anymore, which is great. Um, I do I do fear for them this season. I think it is their, their turn for the drop. Um, you know, having, as Derek says, as we've already beaten them at 8-0 this season, I, well, in the last game, I can't imagine he will be going open, expansive, going for it. Probably more of a cautious approach with a view to counter-attacking but I don't think it's going to be Alan Motherwell, ten men inside the box. So, yeah, be interesting. Yeah. So on that, then Derek, um, we've kind of spoke a bit about the changes. But so, who do you, in fact, who do you expect to see in the starting lineup? I was going to go into more in-depth questions, but you know what was the point? It's Hamilton away. We should win. So who's going to start? I'd expect Kamara to come back into the team. Um, didn't start last night, obviously. So I expect him to come in. I expect Atten to come in also. Uh, and I expect maybe Balogun to get a run out as well as a minimum. And obviously with maybe just Will said earlier, Jack maybe getting a rest as well. And I don't know who would come in from there, to be honest with you. Um, maybe Zungu, I don't know if he, if he totally trusts Zungu yet to, to start full games. Um, but if, if, any, if any game you're going to start him, it would be at Hamilton on, on Sunday. So four, four changes for me, um, <coughs> and I expect um comfortable one. Anybody disagree with that? No. 
I think we might see Scott right. Starting? Well, Jack will start. If he takes Jack out, he might start. He might start because, as you say, I don't think he, he fully trusts Sungu, so he might he might stick Scott Scott right in the middle of the park. I don't know. Can he play in the middle of the park? Can Scott Wright play there? I'm not sure if he can play in that, that eight, six, eight position, six position, can he? I'm not saying you're wrong, Will, I'm just asking. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, because I don't know. I don't know. I know he's a, I think he's a, a wide, wide, wide left. Is well, you could play, you could play Hadji on there, couldn't you? And play yeah, I was just about right, to say Scott that. Yeah. Forward one, yeah, yeah. yeah, Scott Wright forward one, yeah. Yeah, Scott Wright in there and put Hadji back. Because I, I, think, I think long-term, if we could actually teach Hadji how to play that role, he'll be immense at it. Yeah. But I think the problem, problem with Hadji is that he... Right bang smack in the middle of the park, he can get caught on the ball, mm-hmm. or he, he gives a gives a ball away too too cheaply sometimes, so he can't necessarily have him play there. But if you can teach him to play there and be disciplined to play there, he'd be a real asset, and that and that would put another feather in the feather in the bow. So finally, then predictions, and obviously we know that will also be a Rangers whatever Hamilton zero. So I'll come to Scott first. Your prediction for Sunday and your first goal scorer. Uh, 4-0 Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> 5 0 Rangers, uh, first goal scorer. I will go with Kent. He always likes to score, doesn't he? Derek. I'm going to go 3 0 and I am going to go Tav penalty. Well, I'm going 3 0 as well, simply because I got a message just as we were starting to record from a friend of mine who's only just listening to the last pod that I was on because I sent it to him. <laughs> and he's older than me so there you go there is somebody older than me and I said hey, what's your score prediction and he said 3 nothing. but he then said Roof to score twice but Roof isn't going to play I don't huh. think so we'll go for, I'll, I'll agree with this 3 nothing, and I'll take first goal scorer Big Cedric there you go right gents that will do us for tonight I've got some editing to do thanks very much Scott um but uh, thank you to Wolf, Scott and Derek for giving up their time tonight. Thank you to everybody listening. Remember, the full podcast is available on Acast, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you download your podcast. There's clips of the pods on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash The Rangers Rabble. There's also full episodes of our Academy reviews, um, our live match reactions as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Rangers Rabble, Facebook and Instagram. Just search The Rangers Rabble. So thank you for listening and we shall speak to you very, very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.